Hi, I'm Life Coach Mama, a life coach for moms who want to find more joy and more peace in their marriage and in their parenting. My husband and I have eight kids. We love having a big family and often hear the phrase, you've got your hands full. Come and join me as I interview moms of all ages and in all stages from around the world. Be encouraged, find inspiration and confidence that you can handle another kid. And if this is a topic that interests you, please check out my book, Have Another Kid Without Losing It. Available for purchase today on Amazon by Lauren Laboda. Welcome back, friends. Today I have with me Natalie, and I'm so pleased to introduce you to her. Another friend that I've made over the women's group in business on Facebook. And we just met and have so much in common and so much to talk about. Hopefully we can keep this to one episode. (laughs) And Natalie has so many wonderful information and so many neat stories to share with us today. But I'll just begin by letting her tell you guys uh, where she grew up and a little bit about her family of origin, and then we'll uh, bring us up to speed of um, what she's doing now in um, current time. So go ahead. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to chat with you and chat with everyone here. So Again, my name is Natalie. I grew up actually in the panhandle of Florida with the white sand beaches and the Emerald Coast, the beautiful water. Mm. I, I was grew up there for a while. My dad was military, so we hopped around a um, two other places, but we actually, my dad retired in Florida. Mm. That's where I actually met my husband, who was also in the military, uh, we were there eight years. Uh, so I've been married almost eight years. So we were there for the first like six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, just recently moved to Illinois. Mm. So from the beaches to the cornfields. Uh, so now yeah. we're <laughs> yeah, we're here in Illinois for another two years. And then we're trying to discern, prayerfully discern where God has us next. Wonderful. And then did you have a brother or sister growing up? Oh, yes. So I grew up oldest of three. I have a brother and sister and we all are like a year and a half um, in age. And then I currently have um, a daughter. We have one child Mm -hmm. who's six right now and she um, and I homeschool her. Oh, wonderful. And then um, before we go into the main focus of today, I wanted to ask you about, can you just tell us a little bit about your work that you do? Because I know you're um, a working homeschool stay-at-home mom. <laughs> Absolutely. So I am a toxin-free advocate with a company called Crunchy. And so their main mission is to help educate others on making safe switches. They are a specifically a clean beauty company um, and they do sell skincare and makeup, but I love that it's not limited to that. So we are trained to be able to help people make safe switches, not just with skincare and makeup, but pots and pans that you use, your deodorant, uh, just really overall living a clean living lifestyle, Mm. mind, body, and spirit. And so that's what I do in the wellness group that I run. Beautiful You Wellness can be found on Facebook. And 
I have over 400 women in that group. And Mm. our goal is just to be the healthiest we can be. And I just, I love being able to help others on the clean living journey Mm. and really incorporate our faith and NFP and just what the Catholic faith is involved and really, really blending that in with clean living and being healthy. Cause I feel like we're, we're all, we're whole mind, body, spirit. And so we have to remember to take care of ourselves, not just our mental health, but also our physical health too. Yes. Oh, I love that because as a life coach, you know, we focus on the mental, but we realize that it's all related. So right. a, a client comes right. and they're just physically spinning out of control or very anxious. Like we can't really coach in that moment because your body is being affected by the stress. And so it is important to talk about health and wellness, physically speaking. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people vice versa, like if they're all healthy physically and they focus on all that, like it's so important as well to talk about like, well, how's my soul? How's my Mm -hmm. spirit? How's like, how am I doing spiritually? So, Mm -hmm. and that's something I've come to appreciate more, like even with our fertility journey, Mm -hmm. uh, I always thought, okay, if I handle just the physical, then I'm done. Like, we'll just have a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've learned that, okay, we are mind, body, spirit. So Mm. when it comes to even optimal fertility, like looking at, okay, how healthy am I internally and externally and Mm -hmm. making sure I'm, I'm creating the best womb and environment, um, for just, just even when it comes to conceiving. So I know that's a whole nother topic, but no, (laughs) that's good. I mean, the (laughs) podcast is called got your hands full. So I think talking about fertility and fertility would be good. So, um, you know, if you feel the need to share something with that along those lines, but I, I wanted to ask you mainly about safe families because I heard that that's the program you're involved in. And I had never heard of that. Um, You know, we adopted at one point our son was in foster care. Um, I think most people have a concept of basic, you know, methods of adoption and what foster care is and how it looks. Um, But I'd never heard of this. And so um, with the idea of, you know, adding another child is my book and then the podcast about, you know, having another kid or having a big family, you know, which I realize is a relative term, but um, (laughs) You know, some people do want to add to their family without having a biological child. So I think it's really important. And I do talk about adoption in my book. Um, But because I've had so many biological children, I think people just assume we're just talking about like pregnancy and biological children. So I'm so glad that you're here to shed light on this and um, Mm -hmm. yeah, share the information. So I'll just let you go ahead because I know nothing about safe families. (laughs) Yes. Yes, absolutely. So Safe Families is a nonprofit organization Mm -hmm. and they are all over the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, And their main mission is to help families and most of them are single and homeless. So that's Mm -hmm. what they find. But really to help those families care for their children until Mm -hmm. they get to a point where they can provide a house, Mm -hmm. where they have um, an income. Mm -hmm. And so and because if they don't have those, it is obviously the Department of Children and Families will, you know, can get their child from them. And that's where they enter the foster care. So um, before it gets to that, like neglect, or before it gets to that situation, say family comes in and is like, okay, you're not in like a bad situation yet, but let's, let's like help with your kids. It does remind me 
a lot of the foster care where, you know, you, you just have them temporarily. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I said two, three months, but actually I meant to say two to three weeks. Okay. <laughs> so that's the normal. So it's even, it's even shorter, Okay. Uh, but you know, it could be up to a year. So it is, I I feel like there is that similarity of like, you know, there's a, you have to be very flexible uh, in knowing, okay, you know, it it might be two, three weeks, but if Mm -hmm. the parent can't get this, then it might be an extra week. So Mm -hmm. the thing that the, honestly, the big reason that kept us from doing foster in Illinois, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it kind of does have to do a little bit with politics, which I won't get into at all, but mm-hmm. each state is so different on what mm-hmm. you need to foster. Sure. And in Illinois, um, just with that going on, they had required us to do some things that ethically uh, and that, you know, that we would never do, um, oh, that okay. we would never want to do. Sure. So that, uh, like it was, it was really sad because it was like, okay, well, I guess like God was leading us to fostering mm-hmm. and now we can't do that. And it mm-hmm. was like, God, what are you calling us to then? Mm-hmm. So then mm-hmm. that's honestly, we, we surrender, let it go. And a friend told me about safe families, which we never oh, heard wow. of. And it was exactly what we've been praying for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just awesome to have a little bit more freedom, uh, in the sense of like the government isn't as involved. It yeah, worked out. I've heard that before there. I've heard some stories, you know, that aren't the best about foster care. So we'll just let it yes. be at that. But yes. it's good to know there's an alternative because I know some people right. are turned off by it or not able to do it or interested, uh, but they still want to have a child, a fo- like to be able to help out and take a foster child in. I would say this was an easier process than perhaps foster because we started with fostering. Uh-huh. It's a lot less hours. Mm. So I think it was only four hours of training. And then you still do the background check and the fingerprints. That sure. took the longest. So right. that took like three weeks. And if like my husband's in the military. So if you have oh. any like armed weapons and things like that's another three weeks of like getting some card you need for that. So it was just a lot of waiting, but it was very easy actually, as far as just the training and you could do it through, um, through zoom. And so, yeah, we're, we're so, we're so thankful in that way that, that it was, um, yeah, it was a, a smooth, smooth system that they have going on. It is a Christian based nonprofit. So they do encourage you to bring your the kids to church. Um, oh, wow. Usually, they have a church delivering food for you okay. once a week. So, okay. with this, um, you don't get paid to be a host family, is okay. what it's called. Uh-huh. There are a bunch of different volunteer opportunities, so you don't even have to house the kids. You can just you can do a bunch of other things. But okay. if you want to house the kids, and that's what you're calling to, um, it is called a um, a host a host family. As Natalie was saying on the website, it shows a map and it, wow, it looks here like every state, but seven or eight. So, um, yeah, 40 some states have Ohio's where I'm at, Illinois, where you're at, um, Georgia, Florida, California, Texas, like they're all lit up here. So it looks like there's a lot of options. Um, the website says there are a hundred plus chapters, Alaska to to Florida and California to Maine, we work with a variety of faith, faith-based nonprofits to come alongside families in need. 
to keep kids safe and families intact. So what a wonderful idea because I think we all see the gaps and a lot of uh, the places where foster care does not meet a child's need. And, and it's unfortunate that right. there's like no other option in the government's just not doing it. And yes. I do think it's wonderful that someone figured that out and then also did something about it. And it's amazing what just like two to three weeks of, um, you know, someone caring for your children, what that can do for parents. Like Mm. it lifts that pressure. Like my kids are safe Mm. and especially people who don't have families. Like we're so fortunate that so many of us, uh, if we were in need or Mm. our husband lost their job or we lost our job, like, Mm. you know, and our, our house got taken away, like we Mm. could go to uh, an aunt or a parent, but for those people Mm. who don't have any family Mm. or no friends that they could go to, it just, um, what a beautiful way for the community to just step in and Mm. just say, Hey, we've got your kids. We will care for them. Why don't you find a good job? You find a home for the kids. And then when you're at a stable point, you get your kids back. (laughs) Wow. So, you know, and it really lifts that pressure so they can focus fully on Um, really getting back to normal so they can have the kids instead of like keep being homeless or keep, you know, they can focus on. So it's beautiful. We did this um, the first time uh, ever Mm. and we gave back the kids just a few days ago. So um, it was just, I was all, I was just crying. Like when I saw the kids running to the mom. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was so beautiful to see the moms, like you could tell, like she was so happy to have her kids back and Mm. the kids were happy to have their sibling and be all together. And Mm. it's just, it's so great. They're so supportive of that, that mother they were. Mm. These kids that are in the safe families, they're not, um, you know, safe families won't take any kids that have been abused or neglected Mm, because that would be DCF. And they Mm -hmm. are a branch of DCF. I didn't say that, but they are a branch of DCF, Mm -hmm. um, a nonprofit. So in the event that they have been abused or neglected, um, you know, most time it's just DCF gets some, but Mm -hmm. so it takes away that factor, I guess, of the trauma because we're not I mean, the kids, they weren't abused or, you know, so I think mm-hmm. when it's a foster situation, I mean, there's always trauma in different ways, but I think foster is definitely uh, a step up in, in that way of just, um, yeah, the length of how long you're doing it and the government being involved, making sure you're following all the rules with that. And then also that extra layer of perhaps like any trauma that they went through and stuff. So, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I appreciate you pointing that out. Yeah. And the timing of this podcast, you know, Natalie and I had talked, I don't, was it a month or two months ago? And we just kind of picked this date, but of course, neither of us knew what would be going on current events with just the pro-life issue Mm -hmm. is just front and center. And I know we're bringing up politics again, but obviously as Catholics, you know, being pro-life and just wanting the babies to have the right to life. And now we're starting to hear these old arguments. And I guess if you're in the pro-life movement, maybe you hear them more often, but they're not always in the forefront of the news and the media. And I'm hearing these arguments again of like, there's too many abused children or too much poverty or, 
And it's just as a a wonderful answer to, you're not even saying like, oh, I'll take the baby and make him or her my own. You're saying like, I'm going to help the homeless mother be a mom, which Mm -hmm. is just, what a great answer. So I'm so glad that Mm -hmm. I can tell people about safe families. (laughs) Yes, And it's not like, there's no one. I think it's always a misconception and that's like any debate, you know, people will just throw these random thoughts out that aren't, you know, factual and people get real emotional about abortion. So they just start saying things and it's like, let's think this through people. There's a lot of people like Natalie and her husband that uh, would be willing to do this. So there's also people, and this is a different story, but that want, to take in a child and adopt. And those would maybe be in the cases, like you said, of abuse and neglect where the parent just isn't going to reunify. So mm-hmm. it just totally dismantles that argument. So I love it. Yes. Yes. I love that. <laughs> and it's I not a perfect you world. You know, I'm not saying right. that like it's, I'm happier that anyone wants these children to be born into these situations, but you know, this is the world we're in. But the argument that they shouldn't live because of that reason. It's just ridiculous. And then the argument that there's no answer. It's like, of course there's answers, people. Like, let's take care of each other, right? Let's help each other I feel like, right. And it reminds me of of how things were, you know, back in the day where people, if you look at, I love the documentary of babies. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh It has no words, but the impact of seeing different cultures. And then I think it was the African culture, how everyone's in community. Like Mm -hmm. I think now in days is we live in a culture where it's like, you do it yourself. You got it together. You don't ask for help. Mm -hmm. And there's other cultures that are still like very dependent on each other, very Mm -hmm. community driven. Mm -hmm. And um, that's so beautiful because I feel like God Mm -hmm. created us to be in community. Mm -hmm. And so it literally, it just, oh, like, I just love that mission of safe families where it's Mm -hmm. like, we're going to be community. We're going to take care of you. Even if I've never met you before, Mm -hmm. like I love your child because they are God's child and I, and they are my sister in Christ they like your, your son is my brother in Christ. And like, I've got your back. Like like the mother will also like pick you too. Like, so she's given that choice to be like, okay, yeah, I think this is a good family for my kids. So that's good. But I, I think it's beautiful that we can do that. And that, Mm. you know, it just, I think that even if you're not in a homeless situation, I feel like as moms, it's hard for us to receive help. And I think we all are called to be community and to pick mm-hmm. up the slack when needed. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's great. So I, it's one of the reasons why we really love the mission. Mm, well, what a blessing. Yeah. It's wonderful that you're willing to do that. And thank you for the segue. I, I swear Natalie has not read my book because I just told her I read a book, <laughs> but I do have a chapter that's called find your people. And I oh, do talk about both my grandmothers talking about how they grew up in immigrant homes with all the family members and then just doing some research on, on you know, Hispanic families and Asian families, you know, Indian families, African families. And it is true that the community focus and the value of the community and um, has really changed over time. And I think in mm. like the Western European United States area, but immigrant families show us if they've come here recently, 
you know, what's still going on in most of the world. So we'll say something which we're trying to be open-minded and liberal. And then we say something that really is so ignorant and narrow-minded, like, oh, no one can live that way anymore. And I'm like, in this very small minority, this small percentage of the world that lives this way in the United States, in the wealthy United States, and it's probably the white and wealthy United, you know, and then these are the people that are so anti all that. It's like, you don't know what you're just said, what you just said, like how many millions of people don't, live that way. And that's also like an abortion or a contraceptive or just a, you know, let's not have any more kids argument. And it's, it's so, so funny because there's the fallacies in the argument. I wanted to ask you after you are finished training, how long before you receive a child? I don't, do they, what do they call it matched or how do they term it? Yeah. Actually matched us in the waiting. They're like these, these uh, family would be perfect for you. We were just waiting for one more thing, but, um, yeah, we received them, I think like a week or two after two, two to three weeks, two weeks, something. So it was pretty quick. Yeah. And then is someone in the nonprofit helping the mother in the meantime? Yeah, that's a good question. So there's something called the family coach. Mm -hmm. And so they're kind of in the middle of like me and the mom, like coach is working with the mom and, you know, just encouraging her. And, um, you know, giving them options to where to find work and also with the donations. So once they find a place, it's like, hey, mom needs like a bunk bed or she needs whatever it might be. And mm-hmm. so we do help in that way as as the community of host families. So. Okay. So the idea would be that mom would be working and in a home and then the kids would go back to mom in, in a better environment. Right. Okay. There's definitely children, you know, in need. And I just feel like this work um, is not easy. Yeah. But. Well, tell us about uh, that. Like what's hard about it? So we give people the full picture. Yeah. So I would say the hardest part, um, you know, that first week. So you only have them three weeks. So I think that's one of the, the one of the hard parts of foster is by the time you get adjusted together, like Mm. they leave or you have to give them back. But. Um, yeah, that first week is, is very tough because the child, you know, you're stepping into an authority role for Mm -hmm. them and a discipline role. Mm -hmm. So they go from like trusting whoever they were with before Mm -hmm. to like having to trust you and that trust doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of came in like, that is something huge I learned. Mm. So that first week was definitely and, and I'm, my personality is naturally not authoritative. And that's something in my own motherhood mm-hmm. I've had to grow in with mm-hmm. discipline and boundaries, but it's even more with a child like this. So, cause sure. they're going to try to test your boundaries. So that yeah. first week all about them testing us. And so it, it definitely is personal growth, but you see the movement of the Holy spirit and you mm-hmm. see how God is greater than any anger or anything, any trauma, like God, God's grace and his mercy is just, wow, it's just abundant. And um, so it's beautiful. Like when that little girl left us, she would call, she was calling me mom. And then Mm -hmm. she called my husband, mom, (laughs) because that's all she knows. She doesn't know dad. Mm. So, but it was beautiful. Um, I guess just one more part of it I wanted to share is just, it's beautiful, the roles of mother and father and 
what a beautiful role. Like we need both. Like she needed my side and the nurturing. And, but then when Phil would step in the room, like something happened, like she was so respectful and there was like his presence Mm. of just being there when she wasn't listening. Like, obviously she would listen to me, but there was just something extra that when a guy comes in, Mm -hmm. she stopped like within a second instead of it it was just I don't know just the respect for um, a male and and just that presence of them um it was real powerful so it it just reminded me like wow god you created our gender roles so uniquely and beautifully Mm -hmm. and we need that and they need to they need that in a family right I mean god made us that way because kids need both yes Yes. It, and I remember working at a foster care and the emergency shelter was usually just women and they would have to call the, the a man. We had like two men working in our office and it just mm-hmm. got to a point where they're like, we need a man, we need a man. Mm-hmm. And that man would set foot in that door and whatever argument would just stop. Like it mm-hmm. would just boom, just by the presence of a male. Mm-hmm. So yeah, dads are so amazing. important. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm so glad we have a connection with Guadalupe. Do you have Spanish in your background? Yes, actually. So I'm half Puerto Rican um, and half Colombian. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, in, in the start of the year, I asked the Lord to give me a saint or something that I would carry on this year. Mm -hmm. And it is so interesting because uh, this is the gift my husband got me, this Guadalupe image, Mm -hmm. unborn and for America Mm -hmm. and just, you know, for life. You see a lot of people at pro-life offices with Guadalupe Mm -hmm. and anyways, but now I see it because I'm like, wow, I helped um, a single mom at her birth come January and now with safe families that came like helping the mothers with their kids is like, phew, Lord, like we needed her. And uh, it's just so beautiful how God gives you the wow. saints, the intercessions of, of saints to help you and what he's calling you. You're not alone in mm-hmm. it. Even though Phil and I, honestly, I felt a little alone when we had these two kids and we're like, oh my gosh, like what do they need? And, but it was, you cannot do it alone. Like there was no way Phil and I could have done it by ourselves. Like Mm -hmm. I was begging Mary to help me. I was begging the Lord to like provide mercy and give me the strength because I always thought I was very, I don't know, you think you're pretty patient, especially when you have a six-year-old and you're out of the toddlers. Mm -hmm. You're like, wow, I'm just so patient and loving (laughs) and I've got it all together. And then you get a... (laughs) And then you get a two-year-old and a three-year-old and you forget. I'm like, where's my patience? And I'm like, why am I so angry right now? And so that's, it was like, oh, wow, Lord. Okay. I need you. (laughs) I need your strength. Says every parent in the world, right? I'm telling you. I was such a nice person. And then I had kids. (laughs) Yeah. I thought I was really chill. (laughs) Your kids show it all. Yeah. There there was a day where I could speak Spanish quite well, but I've gotten so rusty. We'll have to try to do a Spanish (laughs) podcast one day. Yes. Yes. It might just be you talking. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I don't talk as often now with my husband because, well, he speaks 
he does not speak Spanish. So it makes it a little, a little difficult. But, uh-huh. um, and then I talk to my cousins, even in Puerto Rico in English, cause they want to practice, oh, you know, their yeah. English. I said, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're like That's somebody so want to speak Spanish. No, everybody wants to speak English. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I knew it was an interesting program and I was very hopeful and positive about today, but I really wasn't expecting so much. It was just very, very uh, impressive. Just wonderful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you again for having me. And I'm so glad the Holy Spirit, definitely all God. Yeah, right. (laughs) Because I just prayed for that, like, Lord, whatever the listeners need to hear or whatever needs to be spoken. I just mm-hmm. pray that it is mm-hmm. spoken. So that's right. That's right. Well, tell people again, um, how to find you on social media and anything else you want to share that you want people to know before we leave. Yes. So you can find me, um, Natalie Blackford. I am on Facebook and then Instagram is Natalie underscore M as in Mary. I made up my middle name because <laughs> you could do that on Instagram. You can make your or whatever, but it is my first name underscore M underscore Blackford. Um, so you can find me on both of those. I do share a lot. I'm very open about our fertility journey and with safe families. Obviously, I always protect the kids' names, but I share mm-hmm. all about it there. And then we do, I do run that wellness group, Beautiful You Wellness. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, so you, anyone can find me there. And then, you know, as far as, you know, anything else, I would say if you are considering doing something like this with your family, I think there's a, I feel like there's a lot of fear. And a lot of people have a fear of like, what if I can't handle it? What if I have too many kids? What if it's not the right time? Uh, but I just want to encourage, there's never going to be the perfect time. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely just pray about it. And if you have any sort of peace, then that's definitely a, a good thing. Cause that's what I was waiting for <laughs> was just some level of peace. I knew there would always be some sense of like, Ooh, I'm afraid this is uncomfortable, which sure. is very normal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we discerned that God gave us a go. So, but I would just say, yeah, don't let any fear keep you from mm-hmm. doing it because, uh, you know, the enemy doesn't want good Christian Catholic people to care for children in need. He doesn't want us pouring into them or praying for them. Mm-hmm. So the battle is going to be rough. And, uh, he's not going to want you to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I think we just have to discern it well Mm -hmm. and not let any fears keep us. And, you know, I I think sometimes you don't know if you're called to something until you step out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you could always step out and just do it. And if if it's something your family's called, great. But if you kind of feel like, you know what, I don't know if we're called to this right now, at least you gave it a try. And at Mm -hmm. least you, you, you know, and that's how I see it. Well, it's so good to get to know you and thank you again for sharing. And I look forward to talking to you more in the future. I hope we stay in touch. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I hope everyone enjoyed our conversation too. And it was such a joy to chat with you. Oh, thanks, Natalie. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. 